When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sweet smell of evil. This week on the podcast, Caroline B. Cooney's The Perfume. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay Katai. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent. And welcome to our perfume episode. <laughs> I've been trying to think of better ways to say the book again, yeah. even though you just said it. Something I do like feels our weird perfume episode we... is good. <laughs> Welcome to our episode on the perfume. <laughs> on the perfume by Caroline B. Cooney. <laughs> um Dude, this book was a <laughs> roller <bananas>. coaster. <laughs> uh, do you want to go ahead and read the back of the book and then I'll give a very brief, more descriptive yes. version? <laughs> Version. Fucking douchebag. There was that to say. Version. We feel different. I don't know if you guys can tell. We are currently in my house because the current space, there was this scheduling snafu. And so we had to do it here. Mm -hmm. So if you hear any interesting sounds, cat sounds, uh, general street sounds. And if you notice my voice sounds a little uh, worse than usual, it's because I just realized uh, I'm allergic to Kelly's cat. I got two cats. And they run this place. <laughs> All right. Venom. Dove doesn't want to buy the perfume. <laughs> she doesn't like its scent. And its name frightens her. But somehow she can't help herself. It's almost as if something or someone inside her is forcing her to try it. Dove was always a nice person. A sweet and gentle girl on whom friends could rely. Until now. Because when Dove puts on the perfume... She unleashes a part of herself that has been locked away all her life. It is a second self she never knew existed. And it is evil. A girl named Dove who's uh, pretty lame mm. um, and afraid of everything. I wrote a list of <laughs> things Dove is afraid of, okay, which good. we can go over later. We'll get to that. Um, just super colorless. Uh, she is really terrified of this perfume that she hears about before she's even around the perfume mm. um, and it's because the perfume is going to bring out the twin that died in the womb with her who her parents were going to name wing yeah and then it does do that it does and she has to battle against wing to make sure wing doesn't like kill all her friends and eventually she does win and uh then she goes back to being her lame old self. And that's supposed to be like her winning. Yeah. Which I'm like, not interested. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the overall thought I have about this book mm. is that it is written in a very interesting way mm -hmm. that we have not seen before. It is definitely a unique writer voice. And then it just is the same old like, over and over repetition of the plot. Mm -hmm. And so who cares if the writing is more interesting because the story is almost non-existent. 
nothing really happens in this book. It was very like amorphous things happening in her head a lot and her warring with Wing. But really, it's like, if we condense it, it's like Wing gets in her body, which she, she puts on the perfume. Wing gets in her body. Wing is mean to her friends and her parents, tries to kill various people. And then Wing, they Doesn't go to even a close asylum. to succeed. Doesn't, Doesn't even close to succeed. No, there in are no anyone. stakes. There are no stakes in this book. There Except are no there stakes, are. but I'm never worried. <laughs> I'm never worried. Except for when uh, Tommy and Dove go up in the hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. I did think that Wing was going to push mm-hmm. Tommy out of the basket. Yeah, but I thought she was going instead to. Instead, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. We can get <laughs> more into that. At well, a different point because all right, so for so I started making like so many little page marks because mm-hmm. I thought the writing was so interesting and had a different voice. So I'll just I'll just read how lame Dove is. Dove was a gentle girl who dressed like her gentle name, soft cottons, soft colors, folds of pale gray with white lace collars. Her voice was melodious and her friendships were affectionate, and yet the word venom attracted Dove like gravity. The newspaper seemed to bite her like a paper viper. She's, she's cool. scared of a newspaper. But she's like so scared. She's scared of everything. Like, um, I hate words that start with V. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of them. The letter V is sharp. And also like, okay, because I was imagining her voice to be like Summers, but then they kept saying her voice was deeper. So then I was like, oh, she's not like, oh, wow. Which, I'm yeah, instead she's just kind of like, oh, no. Yeah. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> she's literally, she's afraid of like everything she encounters in the before she gets um, possessed by the perfume, she's afraid of. Yep. Everything she's like, oh, no. She always checks under her bed at night. Yeah. To make sure there's not a monster there. Mm-hmm. But then. The one she doesn't check the night that Wing wakes up mm-hmm. because she already knows there is. Yeah. Except what? It's not. <laughs> okay. I'm now realizing that it's a lot louder out here than it is in my room. Yeah. Or we can narrate. What? Okay. There's a man outside. He Oh, he's walking. He has beautiful long locks. He also has a very furry dog. Oh, cute. Yeah. And the dog looks hot because it is warm out and that dog has a lot of hair. And he is moving his trash cans. Yeah, and now yeah. he's jogging up the stairs. He has some athletic pants on, and oh, a t-shirt I see him now. Mm-hmm. Yep, there he goes. There he goes. He's gonna go inside. Bye, sir. He's um, getting his keys. He's just opening, locking, opening. Okay, he opened his screen door. Mm-hmm. He's inside. He has okay. the regular door open because it's warm out. Good. Okay, and he's safely back inside. Great. Cool. So as uh, different sounds from outside come in. Um, since we can't stop them, we're just going <laughs> to let you guys know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, just so you can feel like you're here. Because yeah. I know that a podcast is a very personal experience. It's a real slice of life you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so she, yeah, the one day that she doesn't look under her bed, fucking wing is going to take over. But she she says she doesn't look because she already knows, she knows the monster is there. She knows. Dove, what's that store? I, I, <laughs> dry Ice. Oh my god! She's afraid of she's the store dry eyes, which is basically store. like a hot, hot topic. topic. <laughs> I was like, "All right, all right, get over it." Yeah. So they sell corsets. Yeah. 
scary quit being a baby i mean imagine her in a spencer's that would be a whole other situation oh my god or an oz could you guys have oz no similar okay (laughs) similar feel to spencer's she's in one of those and she like sees that that globe with the electric pulses that go to your fingers she's like oh it's gonna wake up something within oh my god can you imagine her in a discovery store (laughs) nightmare like you'd flip over a rain stick and she'd be like stop (laughs) Oh, my ears. <laughs> what is this kinetic sand? <laughs> I'm afraid. It should fall down. Why no. isn't it? <laughs> it has a life of its own. <laughs> she is terrified. And, and she's so terrified. And the there this store is like a little bit more cuckoo than Hot Topic because they're blasting fog. Yeah. Not which is funny. Which you can't see anything. And she's like, help. <laughs> and the only thing she can see is the venom perfume (laughs) here's so they're talking about going to dry ice to get venom (laughs) connie was bored and full of pity as if spending time on dove required an effort connie would shortly stop making as if dove were a burden rather than a pleasure connie simply propelled dove ahead of her towards luce's car a prison (laughs) a prison matron changing cell assignments yeah dove you're a fucking burden yeah you're like I've heard the term wet blanket before, but Mm -hmm. never fully got a sense of what that means Mm -hmm. until I met Dove. Yep. Yep. She has a nickname Dove Bar. Yeah. And she's for some reason she hates. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I did like this part. Her nicknames annoyed Dove deeply. Don't call me Dove Bar, she said. Then don't be an idiot, said Connie, who had never received a nickname and was jealous of a friend who had so many. Just come with us. <laughs> I liked that description. <laughs> like, too. oh, I have a good sense of who Connie is now. Yeah, me too. And Luce, frankly. Uh, I felt bad. Yeah. I felt bad for Luce and Connie. Yeah. Um, Because guess what? When Wing is inside uh, Dove, Dove, She's, she's just, not that nice she's to them. Really mean to them, but not. <laughs> this is what makes Wing super lame. Mm-hmm. Is that she's really just like a shitty rebellious teen? Yeah, who isn't actually that bitchy. She's like she pre- like sucks for she's a human. Like, yeah, she's like pretty mean for a human. Not that mean for like an evil demon. And doesn't even really try to kill Luce and Connie. Doesn't try to kill Connie. She's like, I don't want to no. waste my time. She's like, Connie's not even really that close to you. I'll kill Luce because you like her more. Mm-hmm. Also, like, so reading this book, it might have been because I was experiencing the first half. I, we had to reschedule this podcast because I felt really weird the, the day that we were supposed to record. Did you put on some venom? <laughs> I think I put on some weird perfume. Oh, no. Um, but like, so I was trying to read this book while like kind of experiencing a minor heat stroke. And so I was like feeling really weird reading this book. <laughs> like I was like, hello, wing. <laughs> it was so weird. Um, and it turns out that wing Vanish is a product of vanishing twin syndrome. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, a, I guess a lot of times, you should always look into things, things yeah. beforehand. But I, in the book, it says a lot of times there will be like another baby forming, but then that one dies off because it just doesn't like fit to live. It, it's not going to be healthy enough to live. Okay. So it is, yes. I would have thought that she wasn't just like totally making shit up. Ooh, Kelly's mouth went so wide. Okay, because I'm looking at a picture. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so a vanishing twin, also known as fetal resorption, 
is a fetus in a multi-gestation pregnancy which dies in utero and then is partially or completely reabsorbed. In some instances, the, re- the dead twin will be compressed into a flattened parchment-like state known huh? as fetus papyrus papyrus okay <laughs> what does that mean though it gets flattened and i guess it's just like in so here's the thing it, does it get I, like pressed up against the walls of the womb i don't know you ate your twin yeah, so, so this what's is your what take saying. on this I, I i think the reason why i felt so strange reading this book is because there is a wing inside of me yeah and she's you well, ate she's her been, teeth. She's been removed. So now she's mad. So if you guys haven't listened to <laughs> episode three when we covered Christopher Pike's Tacky on Web, do you want to just sort of reiterate the story sure. of the fact that you ate your twin? Sure. Uh, uh, normal, uh, just average dentist appointment. They said, hey, you want some x-rays? I said, sure, sure, sure. They say, hey, there's some weird bone loss in the roof of your mouth. And I was like, huh? And they're like, it's probably cancer. And I was like, oh my goo, what? <laughs> And then I was like, second opinion, second opinion. Went to go get a second opinion. Uh, they were like, um, they were able to do a CT scan in my head. And they're like, okay, it hasn't reached your teeth yet. Oh, because the original do- dentist wanted to remove my front teeth. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Which is just insanity. Well, like for that, for, for your first step to be that was like pretty severe. crazy. Yeah. And then so they were like, okay, go... Uh, I went to this other doctor. Jump they did off the CT a bridge. <laughs> yeah, go jump off a bridge. Uh, and uh, he was like, it hasn't reached your teeth yet. So we can just like remove whatever it is and do bone grafts and do a biopsy on that, on whatever it is. And I was really scared about what it could be. And as I was coming out of anesthesia, I like grabbed the dentist as he was like getting ready to leave. And I was like, wait. What was it? <laughs> and he was like, it was just a bunch of teeth. And I was like, ah! <laughs> so, just a bunch, a bunch of, of teeth, teeth, which is disgusting. I don't even understand. I'm seriously like, I have like prickles on so my scalp wh- and neck thinking about the, it. All So this bunch of teeth, <laughs> was they were in the roof of your mouth? Yeah, they were like, And here. they were stealing bone mm-hmm. from your existing teeth? Well, because they, so they were like growing in the hard palate uh-huh. um and i guess like as they're growing they're just like taking the space of the bone and ostensibly it is wing it's wing that's very wing it's it's very <laughs> wing <laughs> so th- maybe this is why i felt so strange Taking reading this book deep. yes i seriously like i feel like that is why i felt i was feeling so fucking weird reading this book like i was like <gasps> <laughs> but then explain the part where they Explain to you. Oh, right. So in the womb, I guess another, sometimes this happens and it can happen in different places. Sometimes it happens in the roof of the mouth. Sometimes it happens like people get it like just on their hip or something. But you um, absorb like a twin cell and it doesn't grow for a long time. But then it does. And some people (laughs) have had like full on like teeth start growing from like under their tongue. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. Oh my god! And like the the do- doctor was telling me that like he was like, "Do you want me to remove this?" And some people were like, "No, it's okay." Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No, it's okay. I'm a fucking giant freak, and uh, I like having another personality under my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Sometimes it's a face growing out of your cheek. Mm-hmm. It's like, Ugh. like, do I want to remove it? No, I'm used no. to it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Gives me personality. 
Uh, it's but like yeah. that Japanese principle of wabi-sabi where you're not truly beautiful unless there's a flaw. Mm, perfect. So mm-hmm. you know what? Make sure it's a totally different person on yep. your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Wing has, uh, much like a, a dental cell, implanted herself into Dove. And Dove is, Dove is n- not dealing with this in a quiet way. No. She is full on, like having these full on conversations with Wing smacking herself in the head constantly <laughs> which i had to take some pictures of this because it was like everyone is acting so fucking fake around her mm-hmm. like, like yeah we're uh, uh-huh everything's fine um there were okay so there were two parts specifically one was with hesta the other mean girl at the school that wing then befriends and um uh tommy his name is tommy right yeah oh loose says this first so uh, she's like thinking about Wing's evil plans and she's like, Ugh, and she shudders and it annoys Wing. So she hits the side of her head and Luce just goes, that's such a weird habit you've developed, yeah. said Luce, <laughs> hitting your head like that. <laughs> no one oh. likes it. No one likes it. And then, oh, so then she, then another thing is that she keeps like talking to herself, but like Wing has a very high voice and Dove has a very low voice. So she's talking out loud, having the full conversations with the voice changing. Oh, Wing has the high voice? Wing has the high voice. Oh, Didn't yeah. realize that. Dove has the low voice. Interesting. I know you said that yeah. just now, but like... It, it still didn't track for me like when I was yeah. reading. So Wing has hmm. the high voice. So, oh, Timmy, not Tommy. Oh, it's Timmy. Oh, yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, but he goes... <laughs> so first of all, throughout this whole date that they go on, where he takes her to go on the um, hot air balloon, he is being so embarrassing. He's being so embarrassing. Oh, I thought it was charming. Really? When he's like acting like he created like all that stuff, he's like, look at this, look at this. And it's like, well, I was viewing that because that's like Wing's interpretation. Oh, of how so he's she's being mean. So I just figured like it was a lot cuter mm. than she was making it out to be like mm-hmm. a lot more just excitement about the landscape yeah. and it's like oh from up here you can like really get a clearer idea of what's out there i was laughing so hard because there was a part where he's like getting really excited and like talking about all the different stuff and it said neither dove nor wing listened oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like talking to me, like he's like this is my best day <laughs> but so okay so she's having this whole fucking conversation where she's changed like talking herself changing her voice and he's like i love your voice the way it changes key it's like an electric synthesizer or something <laughs> and she's like it is <laughs> and he's like yep you know dial a voice high pitch or low pitch sharp edge or dove edge here drink your coffee but it was like <laughs> drink your coffee drink your coffee <laughs> but i was like Everyone is being, and then Hesta even is like, I think it's so cool how you like hit yourself in the head like that. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? Hesta, the like bitchy girl in school. I, I marked where we first meet Hesta because it's such a perfect description, actually. Next to Dove was Hesta, a girl whom Dove had always disliked. Hesta delighted in telling you that you looked a little heavy lately. Had you put on weight? You looked a bit run down. Had your parents' ugly courtroom divorce bothered you? You had done poorly on that exam, hadn't you? Well, a person couldn't skim along on favoritism forever, could she? That was Hesta. Yeah. That's perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. But it's Hesta who first is like, um, is is it just me or can I see a whole nother human in your ass? (laughs) So like, 
and, th- and Hesta is the first person to notice that there are two people inside of Dove slash Wing. Yeah, it's so it's so it's so weird. Hesta's eyes were glued to Dove's. She was staring the way you simply never stare at another living human being, incredulously fascinated, perhaps even sickened. Her mouth fell slightly open, and the gum she was chewing lay in pale green wad between her teeth. Her eyes never blinked. Yeah. Hesta's freaked the fuck out, but she's like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh my God, I love like- So cool. And I want to talk, and because at this point- I love the way it seems like you're going crazy. Yeah. I wanted to talk about it's like so funny the because this at this point we're seeing made over Dove who has gone into Luce's closet. Oh, yeah. I wanted to figure out her outfit. So she's wearing a black shirt with a pattern of silver threads like morning dew. It's (laughs) sleeves clung, clung at the wrist and bagged at the elbow. Then she was wearing black pants that were tight in the calf. Black lace knee-high stockings to go under them. Black sneakers with scarlet jewels glued on. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of like weird puffiness and then like tightness. I was picturing Stevie Nicks goth. Okay, yeah. I can see that. With sneakers yeah. for some reason. With sneakers with Gotta wear a pair gems of boots on with them. that shit. Yeah. Sneakers, come on. And maybe it was like the best she could find inside yeah. uh Luce's closet because when it gets to that i'm just picturing black reeboks with some like bedazzle that like the thing was i could not imagine those sneakers looking cool yeah like no. i was just like what like i'm just picturing like big weird gaudy like fake rubies that are just hot glued yeah, with some like la kicks oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and honestly i skipped right over the sneaker part i was just like yeah, yeah i get it <laughs> but i did you didn't because you thought wrong. it was boots I was you know, she looked way cooler than she did yeah. and now time for a quick break here's another overall thought i had about this book in the end i'm not even sure it was a twin me too they made it so confusing because like the fucking through line of ancient Egyptian times. Okay, that was confusing. Like, it starts right away with the bottle, too. Venom. It was primitive and dark. It went back before history, before civilization or time, before sanity. Let go of my heart, thought Dove. Please, let go of my heart. She says that. Let go of my heart. What a great container, exclaimed Connie, holding up the bottle. The glass was translucent, like an unpolished diamond, hiding its contents. It was shaped like a snake. Connie held it to her chest, and Dove thought of Egypt and pyramids and Cleopatra holding an asp to her bosom, standing still and elegant while it bit her, dying of the venom. Uh, okay. I mean, I was at this point. I, mean, I like, guess it is so early on in the book that I was, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, because it's page nine when it says that. But then it just keeps going with the Egypt stuff, and then it was like also, so it was partially the egypt stuff and then there was the druid stuff yeah what i marked that page did you take a photo of that page because i know i just wrote a note about it oh god i meant to look up druid history too because i'm like is this even accurate (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) because i've only ever heard of the druids as more of like a a celtic uh like a paganism that wasn't that bad yeah it was but like the beginnings of like sewing and stuff again like, i guess i should trust that the author did the research when i didn't oh okay so a wicker man oh my fucking god they were bad <laughs> holy shit okay are you ready to hear what it is yep 
A wicker man was a large wicker statue reportedly used by the ancient Druids for sacrifice by burning it in effigy. Um, okay, contradicting the Roman sources, more recent scholarship finds that there's little archaeological evidence of human sacrifice by the um, Celts. Is that what you yeah, say? Celts? Because it's Celtic. Because Celtic. Yeah. Um, and suggests the likelihood that Greeks and Romans disseminated negative information out of disdain for the barbarians. Uh, blah, blah, blah. No evidence. But <clears throat> look, <coughs> look at this fucking picture. <laughs> I've seen this before, actually. <laughs> Sick. It's bananas. So they just stuck people in there and then lit the whole thing on fire. I guess so. I'd want to be right? in the middle. Yeah, those are little people. Yeah, they're people. The arms and legs are out. I like how he's like, what's up with the fact that like they created this wicker man, but that's just a full on human head on top of it. Like, it's not fake. That's just a human head. <laughs> he looks like a little man made of wicker. Yeah. Anyway, and then it's we're like, talking so about tiny. a very specific illustration on Wikipedia. Just Google, like, just go Google on the Wikipedia page it. for wicker man and you will see it. And it's a great picture. So I found the page I marked. In their ancient history book, there is a chapter on prehistoric England. A scary group of people lived there when the Romans conquered the island. Druids. The Romans had crossed the channel from France and taken England as a colony 2,000 years ago, and they wrote history books about it. How strange it was to think of people 2,000 years ago. Druids, the Romans wrote, made human sacrifices. The Druids were not a kindly people, and they did not have kindly gods. They burned people, women and children and warriors, in immense wicker baskets. Blah, blah, blah. That's probably the photo she saw. (laughs) (laughs) The Druids had done this often. There were many periods in history in which nobody would have wanted to live, and this was certainly on the list. Druid sacrifice would have been a very difficult way to die. (laughs) Duh. Duh. You're so fucking stupid. And when she says, perhaps I was wrong about Wing being from Egypt, thought Dove. Perhaps Wing is really from ancient England. She's a druid, and she is going to burn us as a sacrifice. Why the fuck is she thinking about that? Like, why if she, she thinks Wing is a is a twin, then why the fuck does she think that she's uh, anything else other than a twin? And then Wing's response is like, don't be silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I burn you, whose body will I have? But then, like, okay, I am imagining, like, the behaviors that Wing, or that Wing made Dove's body do. And then it was like, but is she Egyptian? Because she was like really drawn to the that pyramid. fucking dance in the mall. Oh my god! What was that? So she walks into the middle of the fountain. So she goes to the she goes to the mall with Hesta, and Hesta's like, "Sick, you're so fucking weird. I love it." <laughs> and then she is like, "I'm gonna walk in this fountain and like like dance in supplication to." something we don't don't know and Hesta's like whoa too far and she's like dancing dancing Hesta's like trying to get her to get out of this fucking fountain yeah I didn't get that because she was like but then that still comes through because that's how Dove gets rid of Wing in the end so then <laughs> so then was she a twin like I didn't I get understand. it so it says and she starts the dance like right after she sees Dove's mom yeah who she refers to as the maternal body because she's pissed yeah Wing wrenched free and strode toward the center of the mall, toward the place where the great glass pyramid raised its apex to the sky. She laughed with her ancient history in her genes and her terrible future in her hands. Hmm? <laughs> um, <laughs> it is you who will vanish, said Wing. Forever, Dove. I am destroying you. Blah, blah, blah. You can make me pause and you can make me stumble, but in the end, I am evil and evil always wins. 
They were beneath the shimmering glass of the pyramid. Dove did not look up. She did not look around. She did not look back. She did not dream of a better past or a better future. She just did what she had to do. And then that's when she copies the same thing that Dove or that Wing did earlier, which I may not have marked because I can't. Right. So Wing like gets, jumps into the, well, first she just walks into the fountain as if the fountain's not even there. Like she's not even affected by the fountain. And then she starts, like she brings her hands together in like prayer and then brings them up palms facing the sky as if in like supplication Mm -hmm. and then starts screaming in some kind of ancient language that dove does not understand yeah so she's like Like screaming that and then like like splashing water around and like putting her hands up to the sky and like dancing all around meanwhile hesta's like this is fucking weird. But then later yeah. she's like, that was she's freaked cool. out. She's like, in retrospect, that was badass. She's like, that was hilarious. That was hilarious how you were like being so weird. <laughs> Which is like, everyone keeps thinking this is just so funny when it's like, this is like a cry for help. <laughs> again, she's afraid. <laughs> she's afraid of a store in the mall again. Yeah, again. So she's afraid of two like, stores. Gone. But what's that new store she's afraid of? Here it is. I love the way you do that, said Hesta. Do what, said, or sorry. Do what, said Wing. Yeah, right, right. Talk to yourself like that, as if Dove <laughs> were somebody else. She is, said Wing. Here, let's go in this store. <laughs> Ragged Rock, the store for strange clothes. Oh, right. Clothing with rips or fringes, shimmering mirrors or rusted metal strips, Indian beads, clashing colors or amazing neon brilliance. Nothing would have made Doug, <laughs> Doug, Dove touched any fabric in ragged rock. She sank into the bottom of the mind. She didn't want to see these clothes draped over her body. Look down there, said Hesta suddenly, pointing over the mall atrium and down into the lower level. There's your mom. No, said Wing. (laughs) What do you mean, no? Hesta pointed again. Next to the kitchen shop. See, it's your mother. No, it's the maternal body. It's Dove's mother. Hesta giggled. I love it when you talk like that. The maternal body, as if all it did was give birth. That's how I feel about my mother. It's not how I feel about mine, thought Dove. I love my mother. Oh, it's not, it's not how I feel about and mine, then she sees Dove thought. <laughs> Dove's mother switched packages from one hand to the other and walked without ever looking up into the department store and disappeared the perfume counter. Perfume. Memories of perfumes once sniffed were as strong as memories of Christmas mornings once unwrapped. Oh, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) Mother thought Dove wanting to go home and be little and be safe. Wing trembled. Dove felt it long before Hesta saw it. A queer shudder in every cell of the body, a rippling of thought and molecule. Wing tipped back, staring up into the glass pyramid. The yellow sun shone down into her eyes with such ferocity that Dove felt herself turning gold. Mm. And then she's like having a fit. (laughs) Wing held her hands up to the blue sky outside the glass pyramid and seemed to wait for some answer. Then slowly Wing walked away elegantly like a one person procession. She stood on the top step of the escalator and was borne down like a queen on a palanquin. Asta said nervously, Dove? (laughs) There's a lot of people doing that. They're like, Dove? And then she's like, I'm not Dove. She held her hands upward as if offering a sacrifice. Ripple and quake. She's in the she's in the fucking She steps fountain. directly into the splashing fountain. Held her hands up again. And then 
She held her hands up to the pyramid's cone straight above her and called the gods of the Nile. I know you're there, cried Wing. I can see you. <laughs> she dipped her hands into the cool, tumbling water and threw droplets of silver into the air toward the pyramid. And then Dove was like, good, take your twisted jeans and go back to the Nile, back to Egypt, back to your tomb. Like, what? What are you when talking about? When did decide? it become about Egypt? <laughs> when did we decide that she's from Egypt? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it is stupid. It, it's stupid. And like the other thing that is also stupid about this book, there are a lot of things that are stupid. I do like it when Hesta's ragging on Wing's name. And She's like Wing Shmang. Yeah, and Wing's like, what did you say? That sounds stupid. <laughs> She's like, I guess I'll have to kill you now. And Hesta's like, you're crazy. What? Right, let's <laughs> get donuts. Why Bye. are you grabbing my wheel? I have to go. <laughs> She's like, why don't you go in there and buy it for me? No, I'm just going to go in okay, there and abandon my car. That's it. If you want to buy it. <laughs> I guess I live at this donut shop now. Bye. <laughs> Hesta's like I'm so in over my head Yeah, I, I can't even process this I need whatever is nearest <laughs> and it's so fucked up that after that all of that uh, so after that event but then also she goes back to the school and Wing is saying how she wants to like get rid of Tom or Timmy and her friends and all that and they're like mm, you're gonna have to talk to the counselor and the counselor makes her go to that mental hospital yeah she gets institutionalized for a period of for time for a week but she like gets to get out because she's just good and quiet yeah it's it's all right said the psychiatrist nobody is going to hurt you dove this is where you come to stop being afraid and then they like go to give her an injection oh, to get yeah. her to calm down <laughs> and she says nobody out where you are is going to hurt me said dove it's inside my head i'm worried about this is intriguing said a visiting doctor what a treat to be allowed to observe this case. Oh, yeah. Because so right after the doctor like is talking to her, they he, the doctor's like, oh, shit, this is like a pretty fucked up case. Like, yeah. what's and he's like, like OK, ooh, um, uh, parents, uh, bye, 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 bye. And then he's like and then all of these doctors come shuffling and they're like, oh, interesting, 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 interesting. They're all like taking a million notes. And she's like, that medicine you gave us is making me feel strange. Yeah. The needle came closer. I'm a case, thought Dove Daniel. A mental case, the suitcase, the bookcase, the briefcase. The needle went in. A basket case, she thought, and the world went dim. And I think there's also room to imagine that. What was that part about? Okay, because I was just having thought. There is also, like, I'm sure, a theory that, like, there never was a twin or a possession and that this is just a mental break for her. Mm -hmm. But what was that part about? So remember when she's at the school psychiatrist and her parents are there mm -hmm. and the sky the school counselor is like is it because you know that tomorrow is a special day is that a hard day for you and then she's like no and they just glaze over and i was like wait so is there like is there a chance that she's just having I a mental break so so what was that day and he's like she has to like turn in her report or whatever because oh, they're like Egypt. don't you know your parents have been working really hard on this and i was like huh no, I don't think it was hard on this. I think just work hard. It was like, oh, is this because your parents work all yeah. the time? Ragged rock. Esther's like, you know what we need? A cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Coffee and donuts and getting out of this car. <laughs> what are you, a waitress? I don't know. Let's go see one. <laughs> oh, and the parents are so bad at dealing with things. Oh, my God. Like, they're like, uh, yeah, you take her. So they're okay. This is how fucking bad these parents are at dealing with this. 
You have a very sick girl, said the psychiatrist. He played a tape for them. The Daniel family listened to the double voices, like a flute in a cello duet, wing up high and dove down low, arguing with each other. It was the conversation that Dove had thought they were having silently. First there was no privacy, thought Dove. Now there was no silence. I have never, said the psychiatrist, actually come across a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde personality in real life. It made a wonderful story, said Dove's father. He was glad to discuss anything besides his child's deterioration. Did it really? said Dove's mother. I never read it. Father paused. Now that you mention it, I suppose I never read it either. I was just told in school that it made a wonderful story. Robert Louis Stevenson, said the psychiatrist. I have read it quite recently, as a matter of fact. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as a story is boring. I cannot say the story has withstood this t the test of time. They have been talking for like five minutes about fucking Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Also, like, are you really going to write this book and then be like, eh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde doesn't exactly hold up, but... What do you think you're writing? <laughs> what do you think you're writing? Please, I just mean, tell like, me. you're writing a point horror yeah. book. Yeah. Like, what do they think? And also, like, this... Pot if, kettle black. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. But then... Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm being an asshole because I haven't read it. <laughs> But I'm like, you, you stole the whole idea. Yeah. So yeah. why are you going to be like, it's still an interesting idea, which is why I've taken it yeah. from my book that you're reading. It's an interesting idea. It Perhaps would be made... I can improve upon it. Perhaps if it were in the body of a teenage girl and uh, rather than uh, something she drinks, it is a perfume that she spills upstairs in her weird crawl space in her condo. <laughs> Her weirdness about the fucking condo. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me see if I can. Um, so, <laughs> she forgets her fucking address. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like again. It's like oh, cool description, but like, what the fuck is going on? The condominiums seem to look at each other and shrug knowingly, exchanging glances above Dove's head. But they were new; these buildings, they had no history, no past. Blah blah blah. Dove walked among them like a stranger selling cosmetics. Oh, it's another case of like woof over abuse yeah. of the simile, which I mean, I, I don't like Margaret Atwood's writing mm. particularly because of the same thing. Mm. So I'm not like trying to knock <laughs> all these point horror. It might just type be like authors. a personal preference. It's just yeah, personally, I, I get very tired of it. I feel okay. I prefer metaphors to simile. It's like, sparingly she's yeah. it sparingly because when you abuse it, it it's then like i may as well be walking in a world where things are not things they're the things that they're like mm. like so dove walked among them like a stranger selling cosmetics dark doors look at their no expressions on them <laughs> slabs of wood painted slate gray air was raw and mean spring had collapsed and had let winter pierce it like a pin in a balloon there was you can't trust a season she's crazy what number is our unit, she thought, lost in her own ho home territory? Even the numbers seemed identical. Too high. Too many digits. Was it 11881? Was it 11331? Was it 88118? <laughs> like, what's your fucking mind? And then her heart beats twice, and that's kind of when she's feeling wing. Yeah, that's the first time out. she really feels wing. But I she hasn't like, spilled the perfume yet. No, that happens She in just has room, it in her when, bag. And that's when wing takes flight, if you will. Yeah. So I liked this little part. Oh, yeah. Inside the little handbag. This isn't the part I meant. Was her emergency notification card with her address neatly printed. 
she was 11844. This is the part that, that I'm like, this feeds into the like theory that there is never a wing and that this is indeed a multiple, like a girl experiencing a multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Because she, before wing, before wing even comes into the picture, she is not able to like remember things correctly. Like she's it, unwell. She's not well. Her heart double timed again and Dove said, stop that. A woman Dove had not noticed <laughs> stooping over one. <laughs> you know, her one blossoming shrub to pluck its one remaining blossom stared at Dove. It's my bush, the woman said defensively. I can pick the flower if I want. I meant my heart, explained Dove. It's gotten away from me. Hearts do that, said the woman. She smiled gently, remembering a love of her own. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I, was I like, did like that. This woman. And I did like also, because it reminded me of um, the other day, I was, there were these people that were walking across the street and I didn't even m- notice them, but they were doing, I don't know what they were doing. Um, but I, my balcony like overlooks the street and I was talking to my cats <laughs> and one of my cats was like eating just shit she's not supposed to eat like some dead leaves or something and i was like you're not supposed to do that and the people like looked up at me i was like i was talking to my cat (laughs) like sorry 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 um but i when that woman saying like the love thing like made me think about how it was so funny how at the the book doesn't really end all sunshine and rainbows because she has no friends except for loose it also doesn't it doesn't explain anything at all. Like, is is Wing gone? We don't know. Was Wing a twin? Was, was Wing from ancient Egypt? Was, was Wing a druid? Was a, Wing a personification of evil? Was and what then, the fuck was she? And it, how dare you not answer these questions? It was nothing was resolved because the way that it it all like the climax of the book where she like gets rid of Wing. Doesn't answer any questions. No. Like, here's my impression of the book. Mm, I'm scared. I'm here now. Your body is mine. Oh, no. I'm here now. Your body's mine. Oh, no. I want him back. No, I'm here now. Your body's mine now. I'm super evil. Oh, no. You're from ancient Egypt. Wing has no response to that. Oh, no. You're evil. I'm evil. I'm pure evil. Oh, no. Like the pyramids. Silence from Wing again. No answer. You're a druid. I'm going to go dance on that so i can make sure that smells of your childhood don't drive me away oh no oh i just realized i have to fight it yeah. oh my god when she Followed realizes she has to fight, i was you like i was like the fact that like, you have to realize you've been this, doing what what have you been doing yeah. what have you been doing what has this whole book been about like the whole time she's just like i don't like I don't this like it. and then i was like oh I, I just realized i have to fight it to defeat it i just thought i might go away I guess I'll get in this fountain and do the same thing the wing was gonna do. Be gone, Egyptian evil. And then Wing was like, I'll be back. Ah. And then Dove's like, oh, everything's fine now. I'm the same. And then Luce is like, do you want to be friends again? Gosh, I love nothing more. The end. <laughs> and the okay. whole time we're Dove, like, huh? Dove, 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 Dove answer Dove, some Dove, questions. Dove, it, Dove. Did you ever ask her directly? Are you from ancient Egypt? Is that why I get such a sense of that? Or are, are you just truly my twin and you suck? Or are you evil, born as my twin and you suck? Or and something then, else? Were oh you trying God. to invoke, when you got in the fountain, were you trying to become stronger? Yeah. And then when I get in the fountain, how come that makes me, gets you to go away? Also, 
Okay, what was with the like hinting that everybody might have? Oh yeah, a a dis a vanished twin. I can't believe I even forgot about that. Yeah, Wing is like everyone has a vanished twin, and I'm going to bring them all out with a venom. But that was so funny because <laughs> Dove's <laughs> like gets- Dove's like, are you sure? And she's like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Watch me. I'm gonna put it in front of Mister. Finney. Oh my god. And then Jack all happens. She is so petty and lame. Also, it's so funny because she does it and everyone's just like, that smells bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, I know, we should do it on snakes. We should do our school project on snakes because they've been around throughout history. Also, you're a fucking idiot. She's you so are fucking such lame. a fucking idiot. We should all, we should do a project on like a technology that has existed a long time so that we can see how different cultures throughout time have like used it and she's like i know snakes and they're, and yeah. they're like what and and mr finney is like mm, uh that's an interesting idea let's let's just keep brainstorming she's like what and i thought she's like you will pay everyone was gonna go for that i've been sitting in class like suppressed by dove and i thought that as soon as i said my ideas everyone would realize how brilliant they were Fuck you, I'm bringing out your evil twin. Here's the perfume, you stupid bastard. <laughs> Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Everybody's like, ew, that smells gross. Yeah, everyone's like, that smells really bad. And she's like, what are you? It's what? the smell of the power. Oh my God. And everyone's just like, ew. She's like, could you could you get rid of that? It's, yeah. Here, I'm Timmy. I'm going to open a window. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Timmy opens the window and he's like fanning the air out. He's like, he's like, and then Woo! as soon as Dove smells the outside air, she can like take over her body again. That's right. So that's another thing too, right? So like yummy smells help Dove. Like, like, like real uh, earthy, flowery. It was kind of weird because it was like, it was like gentle smells yeah. help if I carry this lilac sachet with me. Oh my god. Her in that fucking lilac sachet. That's what (laughs) gives her the added power to defeat Wing. I she enters his grandma store. Oh my god, I gets a lilac sachet. Took a picture of that because he's like, oh, I just realized that I have to fight it. Jumps in the fountain and that's what ends it. And it ends in like a page. Yeah, it was like okay, so they go into this like soft it's basically like dove as a store it's like soft fabrics and perfumes and blah 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 so she is like hester said to the counter person do you remember a perfume called venom oh my goodness it was only out a few (laughs) days very poor consumer reaction as i recall no people don't want a perfume like that they want soft sweet scents to make them feel romantic and gentle and friendly. <laughs> I was like, what the f- Who is this woman? Who is this woman? I entered on the, on the east wind and I shall leave again. <laughs> I only wear clouds the flowers of- flowers call. I wear clouds of cotton candy on my feet to be mm. soft and sweet. No, people wouldn't want to smell like that. They want to smell like lavender, rose, or something to make you feel like you're on a Pillow of your dreams. It's a, a, a delicate, light floral scent. Nothing crazy like a plumeria or a tuberose. <laughs> which is the, the devil's worship. <laughs> plumeria. <laughs> we want something light like a baby's breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you so feel light. that? Did it, you feel that? It was. Oh. It was the feel of goodness. <laughs> Do you feel friendly and gentle and wide? 
<laughs> Why? It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this store? What is this? And Wings like, I miss not dry listening. Ice. I miss Ragged Rock. <laughs> Ragged Rock. Oh, here's another example of Wing just being like the lamest lame to ever. Yeah. Like, I think I'm rather nice, said Dove timidly. Wing laughed and her laugh was broken cubes clinking from a tipped glass spilling on a hard floor. I'm not. Take away the N of nice. Then you have me. I am ice. Which like, oh God, you are so embarrassing. So embarrassing. Stop. Do you hear yourself? People can hear you. Did you know that? If I have a daughter and this is how she starts to rebel, she's like, I'm not nice. I'm ice. I will not be able to stop myself from laughing well, and be I like, will, okay. I will be like, go to your room. <laughs> I'll be like, sit down, eat your fucking Cheerios. <laughs> you have school in half an hour. Yeah. I'm not nice. I'm ice. Take away the N and I am ice. <laughs> like, Please don't submit that to the poetry contest. <laughs> Please don't do it. And you already made us late because you were sticking red rhinestones on your fucking LA kicks. Oh, my God. Mom has to go to work. <laughs> I am venom. I am poison. Stop that, said Wing irritably, hitting her head. She's constantly hitting her head. At one point, Wing gets so freaked out that she hits her head against the wall. Yeah. Because she's like, she's just bashing her head against anything she can. Yeah. And the weird thing is, it's that it's only after she is hospitalized that Dove is like, I guess people don't like when I hit myself yeah. in the head mid-conversation. I guess I should pretend this isn't happening to me weird how nobody just believes me right off the bat (laughs) and especially when she's using like weird vague terms and like talking about both of them as if everybody has already agreed that there are two people yeah like well you know wing said hello wing is my twin okay what do you not understand about vanishing twin. twin You have a vanished twin. I have a vanished twin. We all have a vanished twin. We have a vanished twin. Except Mr. Finney. We'll deal with that later. And except everyone in class. <laughs> except most people that's nobody got their vanished twin. Here's fucking more fucking Egypt stuff. So this is right after. Oh, God. We should read some of this, though. <laughs> in the morning, homework not done, hair not washed, teeth not brushed, wing set off for school. Dove could take anything except not brushing her teeth. Wing? Yeah. Brush your teeth. No, I always hated that. It made me vibrate inside your head. I'm never going to do it. Moss will grow on your teeth. You'll smell bad. You'll get cavities. You'll have to go to the dentist and be drilled. Wing laugh. I'll let you do that. Also, like, so she, like, probably smells like shit. Because she, like, is probably not showering. She's probably not, like, brushing her teeth. She's not really doing any kind of hygiene because Dove or Wing doesn't want to do that. So, like, poor, I mean, I know Dove is a huge dud. But mm-hmm. like this poor girl, she it's like, please just just like, please brush your teeth. Please, 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 please stop talking to yourself. Yeah, please, like, don't hit your head. Please. She gets up to take the perfume over to Mr. Finney. Dove, you do not have permission to wander around the room. Mr. <laughs> Finney said sharply. Dove's body, of course, continued to cross the room. Dove, what's the matter with you? Wing was there waving the perfume at him. Mr. Finney laughed. <laughs> Dove, kiddo. I coach boys soccer. There is no smell you can hit me with worse than a boys locker room after a soccer game. In fact, if that perfume of yours smells like anything, it smells like eau de athlete's foot. The class broke up laughing. Wing was outraged. They were not taking Venom seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So imagine you're sitting <laughs> you in class. Lame you're, you're sitting in class. You're just like, it's a boring day. 
some girl in your class gets up and starts waving Wafting. her perfume yeah. <laughs> in, in, in his face and he's like um he's like that smells bad just stop don't don't this don't is do a it. really like this is clear like in my 15 years of teaching yeah this has never happened and i don't understand why you're doing it everyone is just like everyone is just mildly confused about her behavior like they're just like yeah. eh? nothing's that threatening when is maybe lamer than Dove because at least Dove doesn't do anything. Yeah. Whereas Wing takes actions and the actions are all super lame. They're so stupid. They're so stupid. <laughs> She's so embarrassing. And then again, uh, like more Egypt stuff. So after school, after the Venom <laughs> incident, after school, it was a special place in time. Class is done, dinner in the future, after school. As special and different a place and time as ancient Egypt. <laughs> what is she talking about? And where had the soft spring gone? Dissolved like a vanished twin. After school, outside, the sky was as blue as the Nile. The sidewalks throbbed with reflected heat as stones waiting to be made into pyramids must have throbbed thousands of years ago. The fuck is up with the Egypt stuff? Because it doesn't pay right. off. It so then it's just like, huh? We never find out if that's at all related to the Spanish twin bullshit. It seems to be only like like inesthetic, right? Because she gets rid of her under the under the pyramid. And that's it. And then like, it's the perfumes in a snake bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the, it's the real smells bring... Yeah, it's like the back cut into her body. The cut hay, the like dirt yeah. smell, the lilac smell, mm -hmm. the like cherry blossom smell. The rich scents that filled Dove's nostrils belonged to her. She knew them. She had names for them. Cut hay, turned earth, burning gas, fragrant flowers, boys sweat. Dove was back in Dove. Dove was back in Dove. Dove was, was back, back in Dove. dove. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Dove is back in Dove. Um, I, oh God! So the, yeah, so then, blah blah blah. They were at the mall. This is when Dove. <laughs> the reason <laughs> she realizes that she has to fight Wing instead of just being like, "Please get out of my body." Mm. She remembered an unpleasant bumper sticker. Nice guys finish last. Oh, my God. Dove struggled for life and breath. If they finish at all, she thought. The shudder of the en stutter of the engine ceased. The car jerked. The seatbelts detached. And then she knew. She knew a truth as ancient as Egypt. As Again? blue as the Nile. As certain as eternity. Nothing is easy. Fighting evil cannot be easy. It can't be accomplished by lying there, nor by wishing, nor by feeling sorry for herself. She had to get up and fight. Kick, scream, bite, raise hell. Named for peace, thought Dove, going to war. Oh, my God. Heston and Wing. Oh, I will say, Heston and Wing passed the Gap and Lord and Taylor's. They passed Brookstones and haagen And I got to respect the fact that she used real store names. Yeah. Instead of like, Sock City. Yeah. Pizza Town. Pajama Party. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's where she goes. Oh, I have to run in the fountain like Wing did, except I'm getting her to leave. Which I, who, like, wh how do, wh clearly, why? like, an editor never decided to take a step back and go, okay, I'm going to review all of 
the Egypt parts in succession Mm -hmm. because what I read was almost exactly the same as the previous Egypt passage I had read. It's like nobody... Or was that supposed to be artful? I think it was supposed to be like a duality thing. But it was like... It's like a bookend or... Yeah. Like for symmetry's sake. But for me, it... It didn't make it wasn't a satisfying payoff. Instead, I was just like, but why? Yeah. Eh. Yeah. If you're not gonna say, then what then why? Say. You have to say. Cause otherwise, then like, is all this Egypt shit in her head? Like what I didn't And then it says they did not understand. Dove was dancing out evil. It was an important dance, and it had to be danced now, and it had to be danced here. You could not choose your battleground. Or combat evil safely and neatly behind closed doors. All she's doing is embarrassing herself. It's not that dangerous. (laughs) Go, shouted Dove. And Wing went. Why? She faded like a newspaper left in the sun. See, uh, fucking (laughs) metaphors and simile. Crinkled, kindling that flamed for a moment and then went up the chimney. Not perfume, but smoke. Not venom, but vapor. Not even evil, just nothingness. Fly well, Wing, Dove cried after her vanished twin. I'm not mad at you. I'm really not. I even understand. But this is my body, Wing. Only one person to a body, Wing. Don't come back. Wing was gone. She passed into the pyramid and the sky above as she had passed into Dove's body without other people seeing or believing. There, she didn't need to say all that shit a to risk. Her. This is no. not a fight. She gets it's in not. a fountain There's and embarrasses no herself. Yeah. Mm. The, she, there was no fight. She literally just like all oh, that bumper sticker I saw. It, Man, which, nice guys really do finish last. Also, like the thing that bugged me was that it was like this thing that had happened off page that we had never even heard of before. Like, so it's just like this. I can see this just occurring to the writer as it is just occurring to the character. That's a bummer. Yeah. Cause, well, because, like, for the bumper stickers I, thing, it's like there's no, like, there was nothing in the beginning. Well, I guess there couldn't be because it's such a stupid thing to in, to make you decide to fight. But, like, there was nothing in the beginning that influenced her to that she was like, oh, I'm now remembering this thing that happened before. It's just this, like, thing she saw that we've never even seen her. We haven't yeah, seen her see it. she's remembering a bumper sticker. Yeah. There could have been something more meaningful to make her stand up and fight. And there needed to be an actual fight, not a dance in a fountain at the mall. Yeah. Like, and when the, n- this is and basically, she just leaves. That's yeah, the thing. She, there's like, no standoff. There's no struggle, even. None. She just gets in and she's like, go, Wing, fly away. And Wing's like, no. Except she doesn't even do that. She doesn't. She's silent. So then I'm like, like Wing was gone. So this is this is basically like a similar this is very similar to the accident by Diane Very Ho, similar. In which the they swapped bodies and she got trapped in a mirror. Except that so Dove is able to get back into her body at times. Mm-hmm. But Megan was trapped in a mirror and still managed to have an active battle in a lake. Yeah, I mean, she was trapped, but she was, like, watching her body. Whereas in this, Dove is in the body and could actually have an even more active fight Mm -hmm. and yet does a dance. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too, right? Because it's like there was this fight where it was like a back and forth and Megan had to, like, 
face her fear about like almost drowning herself in order to scare the ghost out of her body. So that was like a real thing this person had to go through. This was like she literally like in a daze dances in a fountain at the mall. Yeah, like Megan actually risks her risks her body and life. Yeah. And instead and actually she's just like mall security may come at any moment. Yeah. That would be really funny if she like (laughs) if the mall if she had to fight mall security. So mall security keeps pulling her out of the fountain and she keeps trying to go back in. That'd be amazing. That is funny. But it's at least more active. It is. Because that's the thing. It was like there literally there there was no plan it was just she came up with the idea and not even with the idea she just did it she was like oh fountain so she goes in the fountain does the dance and then it's solved and and then you're kind of like well is it like where did the body or where did the spirit go was there a spirit is this just like buying herself some time until the next mental break like what is it nobody knows and nobody will because that's no. what the book did <laughs> And nobody knows and nobody cares because that's how the book was. <laughs> um, okay, I want to read my yes, things that Dub read. is afraid of. I feel like it could be longer, so feel free to build on this after we finish Okay, here. if I think of any. Okay, things Dub is afraid of. Under the bed, cemeteries, parking lots, small cars, nicknames, dry ice, the sky being gray and then blue, heights, fog, a perfume ad, the word venom, identical objects, numbers, Remembering where things are. <laughs> Ragged rock. Bright colored clothes. Black clothes. Condos and druids. I forgot about the fucking parking lot thing. She's like, she hates Ugh. empty parking lots because they're like a graveyard waiting for bodies. Yeah. And then she hates when they're full because then they're like full graveyards. Like it was. And then you have to find your car, which is very scary to, to remember where things are. I was just like, dud after dud after dud. This girl is such a dud. Or she needs to actually have. Mental problems. That's the If it's thing. a story about a girl with mental problems struggling with her schizophrenia. Yeah, then I'm on board. I'm on board. And I sympathize. Mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting story. But when you've got this bananas ass <laughs> heroine. Yeah. Who at this point is herself. Mm-hmm. Unless they could have... Carolyn B. Cooney could have laid it out that she was like that. She was afraid of everything her whole life because she felt wing inside her and didn't even realize it. Sure. We could but have never, like she never two sentences that. to fix that. Two sentences where it's like suddenly the world, she wasn't afraid of the world and la la la. Yeah. Or like even at the beginning where it's like uh, she always felt unsettled by things that made other people feel uh, that, that Nothing, other people didn't even feel yeah. scared of. Um, uh, like there was something wrong or out of place within her or something like that. I forgot the only person she can talk about this experience with is Mr. Finney. That's right. <laughs> That's <laughs> this right. Is, the school year ended and with it, Dove's friendships. <laughs> Man, what a bummer. <laughs> the only person with whom she could really talk, strangely enough, was Mr. Finney. Maybe it's because you understand the ancient world, said Dove. Again, never confirmed. Why? Why never is she confirmed this? that Egypt had fucking anything to do with it. Mr. Finney sat comfortably on the edge of his desk. He was free for the summer from papers and projects. It is true, said Mr. Finney, that evil is ancient. (laughs) (laughs) And perfume is ancient, thought Dove. But the scent of lilac is even older. No. No, it's not. What are you talking about? Oh, older than perfume. Okay, sure. Oh, then yes, sure. It is as old as gardens. I sent the perfume spinning back into the past, but lilac I kept. 
I suppose, said Mr. Finney, that we study history in order to understand the evil that came before us and continue the struggle to prevent evil in our time. Evil will always assault the innocent. We must always be ready, he smiled at her. You are ready, Dove. I didn't even know what evil was, she said. She thought of the perfume bottle. Blah, 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 blah. Has to spill the perfume. Blah, 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 blah. Mr. Finney and Dove shook hands when they parted for the summer, rather as if they were sealing a pact. And perhaps they were, because in all the world, only Mr. Finney believed her story. Life of memories, only shapes were ordinary. The only emotion to have felt was pleasure, a good, sturdy, kind emotion. Eh, maybe. Maybe. You're smiling, want to come over to my house, said Luz. La la la, we're friends again. Locked together, nothing better than it. Isn't a beautiful day? It was a beautiful day. A friend had for- forgiven and come back for her, and weather hardly mattered in the face of such beauty. Stroke this handkerchief in her pocket that smells like lilac, la la la. la. Um, I'm so, reading. I mean, that could be interpreted, interpreted, yeah, as Dove no longer being afraid of the world. Sure, mm. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow. That I'm not going to start like picketing. That's what I wanted, so I'll, I'll assume that that's what she was going for. And now a break from one of our sponsors. This person, so I'm reading this person's Amazon review of this book, and so apparently, oh, interesting. I, so we, I have you read other Caroline B. Cooney, Lindsay? I think so. Did she do Face on the Melt Carton? Yes. Yeah, I loved that book right. when I was younger. So a lot apparently, like this book is much worse than all of her other books. That fits. That fits. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people are very disappointed to read this book because they're like, "Man, what like I fuck? thought this was gonna yeah. be good." <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm gonna read this person's review, and I feel like this all like is very much how we feel. Um, perfume is a story of a plain, quiet girl named Dove who buys a bottle of evil, quote, perfume under an influence not quite her own. When she does so, her evil twin, Wing, is unleashed. When it starts out, the perfume can't decide if it's going to be a complex story about a girl with emotional problems or a horror story about good and bad both fighting to win. The beginning is a bit of a drag. Being a diehard fan of Caroline Cooney's, I thought it would be a great addition to my collection and a good scary read. However, I was kind of disappointed in it, because unlike with her other books, The Stranger, The Mummy, etc., the plot never sucks you in deep enough and seems kind of stupid in the end. Definitely not her best work. Um, if you love, bottom line, if you love horror in any way, shape, or form, or Caroline Cooney, then buy. I don't know if that's true. Otherwise, don't waste your money. That's what they say. Hmm. But I mean, it is like... It, that is a very fair review and yeah. um, could maybe just be read in lieu of listening to this podcast. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> there you go. You could just listen to that part. I mean, if, if we're critiquing... That might have been better than this podcast. I mean, they were concise they were to the very, point. Yeah, fair, fair, very fair. Uh, none Didn't of get the personal jokes. Mm-hmm. No jokes. No bits. Uh, no, not bitchy. No weird voices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, um, you know what? So give ten it out of ten. You know would what? do business again. We're not perfect. Yeah, we're we're not you know perfect. What? Um, if you're a diehard fan of Amazon reviews, this is really one of the better ones. Yeah. And uh, if, we, you're, if you're a fan of that, read. Then definitely read. Yeah. If not, don't pick waste your up, time. Then definitely pick up that Amazon review. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that overall, even though I was feeling very strange reading this book, overall, like it was so bananas that I was kind of like, what the shit the whole time? And I did enjoy myself. I was confused and concerned throughout most of it, though. I was irritated by the consistent back and forth of just us watching the same fight between Mm. wing and dove take place over and over again and to 
frustrated by all the questions not answered to really enjoy reading the book. Yeah. I mean, that I like was so here's the thing, too. If I had been more invested, I think I would have liked this book less. But because Hmm. I was like not invested at all, I didn't care until we started talking about this. Then I saw all the plot points that were like not that were never picked up on nothing ever paid yeah, off which usually happens with the yeah. two of us in this podcast where it's like oh yeah that didn't make sense because then like one of us would be like what was the deal with da, da, da? and, and we'll be like, like i don't right. know because <laughs> that was the thing right where we were just like what is with the constant egyptian shit yeah so like that like i would have liked for the book to commit harder i guess to either be more of us yeah like more about like her fighting wing or is she fighting something within herself? It was like hardcore committed to talking about Egypt and too much l- total lack of commitment in paying off yeah. Egypt. Yeah. Cause honestly, like it really and here's the thing too, right? Like where it's like if this were a story about a girl trying to deal with her uh emotional instability, um I think that I mean, it could still be better if well, that is yeah, what it was. It could be better. But I, the, the, the parts where she's like acting out and stuff would have had more stakes. Because otherwise, if it's just like this weird twin making her do stuff, it's comical. I'm not yeah. like, concerned for her. I'm like, what the fuck? She's wafting perfume in this fucking classroom? Yeah. <laughs> because we also like we know that Wing is going to go away. Yeah. So in the end, the stakes of that are nothing because it's like for a brief period of time, Dove acted weird at school. Yeah. End of, End of story. story. And then she gets to be friends with Luce again and is friends and with Mr. Probably Finney. Probably everything's fine. Yeah. By the beginning. And her of parents next year. love her more than yeah, they did before. A, now it's clear like how much they care about her, even though they would all just like sit in the house like strangers. Except wasn't it so funny how like they totally loved a not born fetus more than they loved their own daughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they would talk so fondly of Wing, like, the mom oh, in particular. Wing. Oh, if only she'd been born, she would have been so strong and fiery. Yeah, and, like, and then and like, like unlike not like you, <clears throat> others at this table. And it's funny because Dove is like, "How does she know that Wing isn't the one who was born?" And she's like, mm, "I just know, you know. I felt like just Wing a, would be just a motherly feeling of like ah, the cool one, not yeah, coming out. you know. Like I, I just felt in my heart that like." You know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. It's and like, when you slid through my vagina, it was like that felt timid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was bored. I was bored. Frankly, I was bored. Frankly, I was it, bored. A little milk toast. Yeah. yeah. So honestly, I think if Wing like, had, had been the one. Like, ooh, I think I just gave birth to a wallflower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boo. Boring. Dud. Anyway, how's this casserole? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> See, you know, Wing would have complained. Wing would have complained. I'm just, um, I like to be challenged. And um, like I am at work, I'm going to check my faxes. That um, fax machine. Yeah. The fax, fax machine, machine is going off Constant nonstop. faxes. Constant faxes. Faxes all over the place. Fax, fax, fax. Fax, fax, fax. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely a lot more fun to talk about than read. So mm-hmm. I would say if you're doing like a book club on it, great. Go Do for it. it. You'll have so much fun. I'm going to say pass. I'm going to say if you're just going to read it in a windowsill by yourself. (laughs) In your reading nook. In your reading nook. Maybe don't. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Yep. Cool. Cool. Um, Is that my pretty much? I think that about wraps it up for the book. 
Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the fact that Christopher Pike tweeted at us? Yeah, we got to talk about this. Guys, this was crazy. Crazy few days. Christopher Exciting Pike. few days. Came out of. Humbling few days. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, so Christopher Pike came out of like Twitter hiatus from years of Yeah, the inactivity. last time an actual tweet of his was posted was 2013. Yeah. And then he came out of uh, silence. His girlfriend, to- Abir, encouraged yeah. him to rejoin Twitter um, and also brought his attention to Dean Cream. <laughs> yes. I don't know if she listens regularly, but thank you, Abir. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Abir. You are awesome. Um, <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> this is fucking crazy. It was crazy. I... Have been walking on air, you guys. This is awesome. Couldn't even fully feel like it was happening. Like I, it was very surreal. I can't really feel like Christopher Pike, aka Kevin McFadden, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it was awesome because, like, dude, I don't know. It was a very like it was very like surreal and humbling, but also like. I felt very starstruck and excited and yeah. just like like I don't like truly humbling because then I yeah. was like oh my god yeah everything I've said I'm unworthy <laughs> well <laughs> also it's crazy like when you uh like you spend like someone like Christopher Pike who I think for both of us like affected us so much in our formative years that it's, yeah. it's like you were constantly touched by this person's work and to then like actually hear from them well yeah and to realize that like because he said that he listened to two of our episodes so to, to then be like oh my gosh like someone whose work i have consumed and for for many many years and have been affected by and it's formed me and i've um you know loved that stuff to to have them then engage with something you create is very strange it feels very cool and strange and weird and scary unreal. Uh, yeah. very unreal like very i feel very like through a veil right now i'm very like yeah huh? like i feel like dove <laughs> yeah so kelly kelly saw the tweet first i'm at work <laughs> okay ready yep holy fuck is that tweet from c pike real what what tweet <laughs> it seems not unless he was hacked a while back then a screenshot of what he said at Teen Creeps Pod, Kelly, Katai, my GF just got me to listen to your podcast on the Midnight Club and Monster. Got a kick out of them, Pike. I know he's super private, but his Twitter looks sketchy. It is definitely not him. Wait, I'm not sure now. I know. I don't know if it's real. There is no way. It looks so sketchy. And I, so then I said. So then we're confused, confused. Yeah, I, so, so I sent a screenshot of the fact that he has like an official Twitter account for his books, like for his Facebook. Mm-hmm. And and so then Kelly says, that's for books. I doubt he himself has a Twitter. I don't know what to do with that tweet at us. Yeah, sure. Respond, fake, all caps, period. Kidding. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He seems to be answering people who somehow already knew he was on Twitter. But if that's true, his first tweet at us was at us, which would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, period. <laughs> I don't understand how these people are all so excited. My fave writer has decided to be active on Twitter. Some and minutes then, go by. Yeah. So then I sent that at, at 4.07. And then two minutes later, I sent a screenshot 
of his official Twitter page. And it says, Pike here. Abir has a, a convinced me to go on Twitter at Chris Pike writer, which is where he tweeted us at what the tweet was from. So and I, I sent the whole post and I said, oh, um, gee. And then I said, oh, my God, what the duck? Fuck. What? Ah, holy fucking shit. I do not know what to do. We have to reply, obviously. Yeah, this is awesome. And then we talked a lot about what we should say. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I tweeted drafts at her. <laughs> yep. You sent me like, drafts. First draft followed by one about how much we love his books. And we had like a general like uh, attack plan on how to do it, too. Yeah. We had like. I was like, OK, um, what about this? So I'll take out this and then I'll, fo- I'll put this part followed by gushing. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then I'm like. Kelly, I'm having a freak out. And oh, and then, and then, <laughs> then I go, he followed you. Yeah. I said, I followed him. He probably doesn't know how Twitter works. He probably doesn't even know he doesn't have to follow me back. LOL. That's crazy. Dot, dot. <laughs> or he just wants to. I'll have a panic attack if he doesn't follow me too. Then some screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he sent one, he sent one to Kelly teasing her about the quotes that we chose mm-hmm. for monster like saying basically you guys are fucked up mm-hmm. and then he said you know i'm teasing because he was like oh right Th- those are my books you were quoting um um and then and then i so yeah i say and then he's saying he's teasing you about the monster quote thing you said but also said he's teasing to me i think and then i say but he hasn't followed me <laughs> has he followed you yet no <laughs> <laughs> But he also hasn't used it. No, since he then. hasn't used it. Um, and then, then that's when I see the tweet at us that he has promoted the podcast on his Facebook page. And that says, Pike here, there is a podcast online called Teen Creeps that a beer turned me on to. They examine a variety of YA thrillers, mostly focusing on the old stuff. A lot of it, my stuff. You might want to check it out and don't get upset if they happen to hate a particular book. It's all good fun. Kevin slash Pike. And then I said that to Kelly and I said, oh, my God. And then so I was like, I'm going to put that on IG on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And later on. So we're telling our like producers about this. And one of our producers is like, "Mm, is it embarrassing if I put it on Instagram? And I was like, "Mm, I already did that. (laughs) And then I was like, I'm notoriously thirsty, y'all. And then I was like, Kelly, you can write him because he's followed you on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I can't because he hasn't followed me or the podcast. <laughs> He's only followed uh, me. Marchy, 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 March. Marchy, 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 March. Oh, Teddy Bear Parade. I am oh marching up God. and down the streets of Los Angeles. Oh, oh my God. Oh, um, my God. And then I, so we start talking about the post promoting us again. And I say, He's so fucking gracious about it. He is. Um, Really awesome. This was like the opposite of a kill your heroes moment. This was it like a was so exciting. Yeah, it was like so cool. Like it was so great. Just really awesome. So I don't know if you listen a beer regularly, but thank you very much. Yeah. And also thanks to Christopher Pike for I don't like and I've said this uh on our social media, but I mean not only has it like formed us uh as we were growing into adults, but it helped us like build our friendship. And as we've said a million times on the podcast, adult friendships are fucking hard, guys. Yeah. So it helps to start a podcast about a pulp author. And then 
One last thing, and I hadn't even told you about this yet. What? This is going to be great. So I said, so his mother died recently. Yes. And he really loved his mom, and she sounded like a really great lady. Mm -hmm. And I Facebook messaged him. You did? I said, I'm so sorry about your mom. And then I said, (laughs) I don't know why I did this. Oh, no. What did you do? I was like, my dad died a couple years ago. Uh It's very presumptuous of me to send this, but I sent him a link. Did you the say- essay that I wrote about my dad? And oh. I was like, you so don't have to read this. But like, oh, my God, your writing really helped me. Yeah. And here's what I wrote. Yeah. And he read it. It said like he read. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, he, he read it. Read he it. wrote back and he said he read it. Oh, and then he said such nice things to me. Oh, that's really nice. Because I had a really. uh difficult relationship with my dad yeah and he died from uh I forget, cirrhosis mm-hmm. his liver failed because he was an alcoholic and i wasn't speaking to him at the time and our last words to each other were not nice mm-hmm. um and so christopher pike told me really nice things that's awesome he was sure that my dad loved me. Oh my god, that's so nice. He's awesome. It was so nice of him. I was really worried when you said I, and then I said because you're like, oh, my dad died. And I was really afraid you're gonna be like, and I asked him to be my dad. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Lindsay, no. <laughs> and he said yes. <laughs> And then I said, will you be my new dad? And then he said, yes. And I'm moving. And now, and now he's my new dad. And I just want to let you know, Kelly, that Chris Rick's my dad. No, he just said really lovely That's things. Awesome. And I teared up reading them. Of and it course. was so fucking like magnanimous of him yeah. to be like, I will read yeah. this thing you sent me, which I shouldn't have sent. No, but it's still, like really I, weird of me to do, but I do weird things. Yeah, you do. Um, when but it comes great. to people and things I'm excited about. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great you sent it to him. Uh, that's awesome. So that's the thing that oh, happened. Oh, he's great. Christopher Pike, Kevin McFadden. A f- just a gentleman. A mensch. <laughs> Is that the right word? I think it means you're great. Isn't I know it? what it meant. Like, you're a, you're hmm. a pushover. Oh, it's, hold on. Oh God! Uh, another Google, a person of integrity. Oh, I only I and feel like honor. I, huh. The opposite of a mensch is unmensch, meaning an utterly unlikable or unfriendly person. All right, he's a mensch. Yeah, a mensch is someone to admire and emulate, someone of noble character. Yeah, great. I mean that. Yeah, I he's a was real used... mensch. Yeah, what a mensch. What a mensch. Oh, great. Oh man, that's great. So that was a um, heady few days. But we have something exciting also that we wanted to talk to you guys about. Yeah, so which... to transition out of our freak out. Yeah. Um, about Christopher Pike. Um, so we had asked you guys to Oh, and also go follow Christopher Pike on Twitter. Yeah, at Chris, Chris Pike Writer. And uh go like his Facebook page. Just search Christopher Pike author. Yeah. And it comes up and it's verified. Mm-hmm. It started as his fan page. And then I think he just like mm-hmm. reached out to them too, and then started using it. Yeah, um, like what a what a prince of a man. Seriously, a um, prince among princes, a, a prince and a king and a scholar and a gentleman. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so we uh, had said uh, to send us your embarrassing teen stories, and um, and somebody didn't send in an embarrassing story; they sent in a spooky story. Cool. So Fuck we would yeah. also like to invite you guys to send spooky stories. Yes, which is like which I think we had like vaguely done so, but way officially more brilliant. Send a spooky um, story. Delaney Rose. Okay. Um, so thank you for giving us that idea of receiving spooky stories as well. Um, but and we asked people to send spooky stories. We did. <laughs> um, thanks for doing what we told you to, Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we didn't said, we only do that in no, the we said, Patreon app when no. we talked about spooky things? No, we said uh, embarrassing stories, spooky stories, or any like way that you've connected with the books. All right, Delaney, you're not original. So you know what? So like <laughs> you're not all that. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you. Well, I appreciated it, Delaney, mm. because now we get to remind you. But you people. know what? You're the first person to send us a spooky story. So yeah. I would so love you, to continue that trend. It. What we have done is instead of sending us an email, if you'd rather, you can leave us a voicemail and we'll play that on the podcast. So here is our new Google voice number. It is area code 747-333-6995. Yeah. There it is. So call, leave a message, and then we can play your stories on yeah. the podcast, which is so much more fun to hear your telling of it than us, you know, reading it. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, like, just be, like, respectful and, like, don't, you know, I don't want to hear any hate speech. If it happens, we're not going to play it. Oh yeah. Um also if it's too long uh Oh, just yeah, keep it short. We're going to like for now we'll say a reasonable amount, which is lovely because it yeah. gives us some space we, to Yeah, we trust you guys yeah. in general to keep it brief. Yeah. Um and I really don't think that we've received too long an email no, to read so no. far. So yeah. Um yeah, just but also you can leave a message about anything. Leave a message about like yeah. what you're eating for lunch that day. Yeah, like what are you eating? Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. How do you find the podcast so far? Yeah. When did you find us? Just, How did you find uh, us? Leave are us you a, glad that you found us? Leave us a message that uh, comes from your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it to us straight. Yeah. Slap <laughs> us in the face. Yeah. So send embarrassing stories, spooky stories. What were the other things that we did, in fact, say? Stories about how you connected with the books that we've been covering, yes. um, yeah. be it now or in the past. Yeah. Um, so again, the number to call is 747-333-6995. And we'll and put I, that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And I really tried to make those last four numbers into a word we could say. I tried no to go. choose one that had that. They were all too confusing and <laughs> had nothing to do with the show. Great. My dream would have been uh, if it was like seven four seven three 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 teen. Cool, but I, you know, you know, there are only so many options. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of teen phone numbers are taken for other purposes. Nine hundred numbers. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So do that. Cool. Yeah. Did we want to read a spooky story? Yeah, yeah, we've got. So I'm gonna read one from Rob N. Um. Oh yeah. Feel like go ahead and sign the emails you send. Um, with how, what how you'd like to be referred to. Same sure. on the phone messages. And honestly, we would rather receive your phone messages. So if yeah. you're comfortable with that, please do call. All right. So this goes back to when we talked about uh, weird things said at funerals. 
Mm-hmm. We sent in a funeral weirdness slash embarrassing story. Hey guys, love the show. Thanks so much. Keep up the great work. A few episodes ago, you talked about people acting weird at funerals, and I thought about writing you to share this story, but I decided that too much time had passed and it was no longer relevant. But since you briefly mentioned it again on the latest episode, I decided to do it. Also, always. Also, whatever. Do whatever you want. Don't worry about it. We don't care. (laughs) We care, but in a good way. Yeah, we care. So about a year and a half ago, my grandpa died and I flew home for the funeral. I had not seen most of the people there outside of my immediate family in several years, so most of them had never seen me with long hair before. I got a few comments on it, including one from a woman who told me that I look like Kenny G. (laughs) (laughs) But then after the funeral, an old family friend came up to me and said, I was wondering who that woman was in the front row. I'm six feet tall and I was wearing a suit, so I'm fairly certain that she didn't actually think I was a woman. She's an older woman, but not that old. She just thought my grandpa's funeral was a good time to give me shit for having long hair. Oh my God. What a turd. Yeah, turd. I also have an embarrassing story for you. I don't remember exactly how old I was at the time, probably somewhere around 13 or 14. My church at the time had a youth night once a week. Basically, they invited kids to come hang out and play games or whatever. Yep, I had that. So I was just hanging out and noticed that a girl I had a crush on was there. I got up for something and was walking across the room. There were a couple of chairs in my way, and rather than walk around them, I thought it would impress this girl. Mm -hmm. No. If I hopped over the chair instead. No. No. (laughs) I am aware that this was actually a fucking dorky thing to do. I put one hand on the back of the chair and attempted to hop over the seat, but my toe hit the edge of the seat and I fell forward face first into another chair. No. I would end up splitting my eyebrow open (gasps) and had to go get stitches. As my mom was helping me up and out to the car, I carefully avoided looking at the girl, but I'm quite sure she was not impressed. Thanks again for doing the show. My wife and I both enjoy it a lot. Rob N. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Nightmare. Nightmare. Whoever you're with is better than that girl. Yeah. Hats off to your wife. Hats off to your wife for accepting you, even though you're a freak who would (laughs) jump over a chair. (laughs) You long-haired freak. You long-haired freak. <laughs> Everyone know, knows that men have short hair. <laughs> men have short hair. Women have long hair. That's how Guess it what? Works. Incorrect. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? I'm going to give it to you straight. Incorrect. Okay. So um, we'll go ahead and read the spooky story. Yay. Since I was just talking about it. Oh, my God. Okay. Already it's funny. All right. So this is from Delaney Rose. Um, and this is a ghost hunting story. Hi, guys. I hope I have the right email because otherwise this is a very weird message. (laughs) I've been binge listening to your podcast at work and I heard you guys ask for embarrassing teenage stories and the like. Fortunately, I mercifully don't remember doing anything too embarrassing as a teenager, but it's impossible that I didn't since I do embarrassing things as as an adult every day. The worst thing I can remember is that I was accused of writing a bomb threat in the girl's bathroom because I had a green Sharpie, which is what the real culprit used. I had about a thousand Sharpies I carried around in a huge Ziploc bag. The kind you would use to ziplock a whole chicken, but not one of them was used for evil. The fact that I wasn't even slightly flustered at the accusation seemed to upset our SROs, but they let me go since my handwriting didn't match the bomb threat. However, I do have a ghost hunting story. In 1969, Betsy Ardsma, a 22-year-old graduate student at Penn State University, was murdered by an unknown person while browsing the books in the Patty Library. She was stabbed once in the chest from behind, and it's likely she never even saw her attacker. Because her dress was blood red and there wasn't much bleeding, they thought she was having a seizure when she collapsed and she did not get the help she needed in time. Although her murder remains unsolved, creepy offerings and memorials have been left at the spot where she died for decades, and her assailant was taunting the police until recently. Everyone has their own theory about who killed Betsy, 
They range from Ted Bundy to the Zodiac Killer to her ex-boyfriend. I grew up in State College, Pennsylvania, where the murder took place, and it was considered some kind of rite of passage to go looking for her ghost. They said if you were browsing the library, sometimes she would come up behind you and touch you on the shoulder. When you turned around, she would look at you sadly and then disappear. When I went looking for Betsy with a friend, I stood in the place where I'd heard she was murdered and said, I think this is where that girl got killed. When I turned around, a pair of red eyes were floating at about my eye level, glaring at me. I was terrified but didn't scream, and my friend and I just stared at them. She saw them too. They faded away soon after and we got the fuck out of there. Anyway, I still don't know if I believe in ghosts. The power of suggestion is a very real thing, but apparently plenty of other people have seen the same red eyes I did. I'd also like to say I was super creeped out because a couple of weeks ago, on August 23rd, it was my birthday and someone anonymously sent me flowers to my job with a card that was sweet, but creepy considering the fact that they didn't sign their name. That was the same day you... <laughs> that was the same day you released the Secret Admirer episode. Huh. Stay creepy and don't get library murdered. Delaney. Wow. Which is interesting because it was somebody else's birthday, too, on the, on the 23rd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We heard... We were contacted by them as well. That is maybe it was crazy. from him. Maybe it was from him. <laughs> wow, that's spooky. AJ and Delaney, if you wanna, <laughs> you guys wanna you maybe wanna meet in the middle chat. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, that's scary. I love that. Yeah, that's good. Damn. Bad for Betsy. Bad for Betsy. Good for spooky. Good for spooky. Wow, that was great. Thank you guys for writing in, and we hope to hear your voice messages soon. Um, yeah. we will still um we'll still get read to the yeah. um emails that we've already received mm-hmm. first. Um but yeah, great. Uh dude, this so overall this book was cuckoo bananas. Uh yep. So I feel like we've said all we could say. Yeah, on it. we said all we could say. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Chris Pike and Abir. Um and our next book is a Goosebumps Wednesday book. And we are reading a lot of people's favorite, One Day at Horrorland. And that episode will be with Michael Carlson. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, keep it creepy. Thanks for listening to Teen Creeps. Our artwork is by James Mulholland. Our theme music is by Mike Carlson. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Teen Creeps Pod. You can direct all inquiries to teencreepspod at gmail.com. And please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're reading along with the podcast, you can now find our book schedule at teencreepspod.com. Thanks for listening and keep it creepy.